I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited for our next guest, Karen Seidman Becker, who is the co-founder and CEO of Clear. And if you have not seen Clear, boy, you and I are not living in the same world because Clear has saved me so many times when I've gotten to the airport and have thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss this flight. And thank God for Clear because I zoomed through there and uh, the day that they actually entered airports, I think I had a little extra time and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, wait, what? This is absolutely amazing. So we have the co-founder and the CEO of Clear with us here today that she's going to answer all of the burning questions that that we have, but also tell us a lot more about this incredible company. I should also mention that when I'm going to the San Francisco Giants games and concerts, and I mean, you've just shown up everywhere. So all these partnerships that you have are just absolutely incredible. And I'm so proud of you really building what you've built. It's just absolutely incredible. So I can't wait to talk a little bit more uh, about the company, just a couple more tidbits on it. The data-centric brand with more than 16 million members, I mean, nuts on, on many, many levels, and a growing network of partners, as I mentioned. Hopefully, I'm not making you blush. I, I'm so excited to, to sort of backtrack on overall you know, what this company is, is doing and, and really saving people time, which of course is one of the most valuable things we have. So thank you so much for being here and coming on and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. It is an absolute thrill to be here. I am also a passionate customer of Hint so and all that you've done. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I love it. So Karen and I actually met. Our kids went to camp up in Maine together, and uh, we initially met. And it's uh, I love meeting business like-minded people, women in particular, and uh, you just never know where you're going to meet people along the way. And I mean, this was in the early days of Clear, for sure. So our summers in Poland, Maine, them's the days. Exactly, exactly. So please tell us all, what is Clear? Clear is an identity platform with the mission of making experiences safer and easier. I want to live a friction-free life, right? From the time I wake up, through my entire day, no matter where I am. I don't want to carry around a wallet and all these cards. And so Clear is a platform connecting you to all the things that make you you, hence our ticker symbol Y-O-U. But it's using technology to change the way people live, work, and travel. And quite frankly, it's a company built uh, in for how I wanted to live my life and how I thought other people wanted to in a really stressed out, action-packed world, to your point, 
All you have is time. It is our most precious commodity. We are so not in control of it. And the more we can take control of it, the better off we all are. Definitely. So you're a co-founder. What prompted you to start Clear? What was, was there a day that you were like, I got to get through the airport? Or did you run across all of this data that you thought, oh gosh, why isn't someone using it? Tell me kind of the backstory. Yeah. So I really believe life is a journey. It's not this one moment. I had come up through asset management. I ran a hedge fund ultimately, actually with our co-founder, who has also been a lifelong friend. I introduced him to his wife and he was in our wedding party, a good friend of my husband. So we have a really interesting uh, and bordering on almost 25 year plus partnership. So it's quite special. Um, But when I was an investor, I invested in subscription based businesses like cable, wireless and satellite. I invested in turnarounds. But in the early 2000s, Apple, Priceline and Amazon were all turnarounds. They were products that became platforms. I invested in aerospace and defense where biometrics was a piece. I ultimately invested in biometric companies. And so um, clear finding clear was the convergence of a turnaround because it had stopped doing business. It was uh, a platform where it was a product that started in travel that we believe we could build into an identity platform. It was a consumer-facing business that you could really change the way people lived. And it was leveraging biometrics, which to me were the and, safer and easier in a post-9-11 environment, that which made you safer made it harder and that which made it easier made you less safe. It really was the and and it had been used outside the U.S. for voting in Brazil or financial services Mm. in Asia uh, or, you know, in our defense and military. But we believed in the consumerization of biometrics. So the aha moment was uh, ultimately I believed I wanted to build a company as opposed to being a passive investor in a company. Uh, I thought of controlling the cash flows and being able to deploy them to build a long-term business. I think when you get to the age of, how old was I at the time? Probably 35. uh, You want to build something that changes the world as opposed to you know investing in other people's dreams. And we happened to find Clear and We bought it with our own personal capital and some outside investors with this vision of using biometrics in travel and beyond. Think about healthcare. Think about online marketplaces where you need trust and frictionless experiences. So, And then the little thing, uh, the little added fire is uh, I'm a terrible flyer. Uh, Turbulence made me nervous. Terrorism made me nervous after 9-11. Leaving my family and all the time and the unpredictability, it's a really chaotic experience. And I really saw clear as the calm in the chaos. Mm -hmm. And uh, this total transformation, not just at the checkpoint, but from the time you leave your house to the time you get to your gate. And so it was all these things uh, that that led us to, to restarting this company. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. 
Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash 
Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So you decide to restart the company. And I mean, I can just only imagine what it's like dealing with the airports, the, uh, you know, what was all the red tape that you had to get through in order to actually get this off the ground? Do you remember those like early, early days? I remember it. And it, it, look, red tape seems to be a part of doing business no matter how big you are. And it's interesting because I do not like bureaucracy or politics. I think you do what's right. Innovation is the best form of competition. You bring value to consumers or to stakeholders, and that's the best way to win. But not everyone in the world thinks that way. Mm -hmm. And so trying to navigate and get, you know, innovation is about bringing people what they did not know they wanted. So when you were bringing biometrics to people, I remember our first meeting at TSA and we said, we were were really excited about Clear. And they said, why would you do biometrics? And I said, because it's the future, right? And that was 2010. And now they're saying it, right? It is the future. And our view is it's the present. What could we do in the future? Uh, You know, but I think it is about building the power of partnerships. And I think when you can bring value to your partners and you can prove it with data, whether it be customer delight, uh, throughput, better efficiency, that it takes time, right? We're 13 years in and uh, it's certainly, you know, overnight success is doesn't, it's not a thing for most people, certainly not for us. But I think when you just do the right thing with integrity, you show the results, you delight multiple stakeholders, uh, you know, at clear We enhance homeland security. We delight travelers. Our airport partners participate in revenue, so we help fund infrastructure. And with 4,000 team members around the country, we're, you know, creating jobs and bringing great ambassadors to the airport floor there to welcome you at 4.30 in the morning. As good as the technology is, and the technology is awesome, it's the people who bring technology to life, who introduce you to it, who help you trust it and learn from it. So, um yeah, you know, it, there's a lot, I won't call it red tape, there's a lot of stakeholders. Yeah. And it takes a while to bring them along. How many airports are you in now? Today, we're in 52 airports uh, with over 140 lanes, with over 1,000 pods. Uh, and uh, 3,500 of our team members are on airport floors there to welcome travelers every morning. And there's nothing better than getting to a clear lane to hear, welcome back. How do you navigate the complex landscape of regulations? I mean, are they changing that much over time? I mean, do you feel like even over the last few years, I want to talk about COVID, obviously, that that uh, word that nobody really wants to talk about and all the brilliance that I saw you guys doing. But have things changed a lot over the last few years for you? For us, no, because we've tried to lead, but absolutely in the world of biometrics, right? It wasn't a thing 13 years ago. So when I think about privacy, data security, when I think about racial bias and facial recognition, these are not topics that were had 13 years ago. They are here today and they are real. And as part of our culture and who I am, you got to lean forward, talk about these things and solve them. So from a privacy perspective, we were always opt-in. 
We were always about you have access to and control of your information. You can purge it at any time. We do not sell or share information. We secure information in order to deliver services. And um, and so we've always been at the forefront of these things. I think leadership is about seeing the future and trying to get ahead of it. Um, and so I think you'll continue to see these things. You see biometric rules in different states. I certainly think there needs to be some federal regulation on it. And, and so um, I do think the regulatory environment continues to evolve. I hope that it evolves in a good way because privacy is really important, mm-hmm. right? People, data should not be sold. They should not be opting out. They should be opting in. That way you always know what you're a part of. And so I think We've tried to be on the right side and we've tried to be very communicative and very transparent so that people will never be surprised and that we're always communicating with regulators because in new technology, there will be regulation, right? And so, and there should be, it just needs to be appropriate. I loved uh, watching you guys, and I think the the term brilliant uh, came out of my mouth multiple times describing what you and the team at COVID was doing. But can you talk a little bit about during that time, uh, COVID hits, airline travel has decreased, and uh, suddenly you were there helping people make it a little bit easier to travel and show your card and capture all of this information. I'd love to hear from you. So for, you know, again, I go back to getting ahead of things and not having your head in the sand. So on February 25th, we realized that uh, I started ordering a lot of groceries Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we were hearing what was going on in Asia, in Europe, and started talking to a lot of people on February 25th, we took our marketing budget to zero. I took my salary to zero and our co-founder took his salary to zero. And we did that to help take care of our ambassadors thinking what was coming. Um, and I started buying a lot of groceries for my family. And every time I left the house, my husband was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to stock up for our freezer. And he thought I was nuts. And then when we had more wild salmon in the freezer than you knew what to do with and cans of like solid wipes, I was like, see, you got to get ahead of things. Um, and so, you know, we really understood what, I mean, not to that extent. We didn't think travel was going to go down 98%, but we knew that volumes were going to get crushed. And we wanted to get ahead of it from a cost structure perspective, taking care of our ambassadors, giving them a, a leave of absence and paying them uh, while they were home and, and, and making sure that when they came back, um, that they knew that they had jobs. And um, at that, so then in the middle of March 11th, we pivoted to recognizing that we could use our technology connecting you to all the things that made you you. That would be connecting you to your COVID. At the time, it would have been lab results. Ultimately, it was your vaccine results. We had the technology in place, right? It's There's a lot of luck and a lot of timing involved in business. We had just completed and launched our mobile app right into the teeth of COVID. So like, of course, nobody was using it, but we had the capability. We had done some things of connecting you to your ticket to get into the LAFC game and things like that. So we could build connections based on, and we had biometric boarding pass. We connect you to your boarding pass. So we had the capabilities and the infrastructure. We started talking to sports teams and leagues. We started talking to a lot of people in the travel industry. And so our first initiative at HealthPass was helping the NHL reopen uh, for the Stanley Cup. There had never been a Miss Stanley Cup. I might get this wrong for like 
even through mm-hmm. the wars. And so they opened in Canada and Toronto and Edmonton and our health pass helped them. And then it helped businesses reopen and people get back and feel confident. Restaurants, we integrated with Open Table and with Resi. So it was a really important moment to understand the power of the platform uh, at today, what we call Powered by Clear, that you are you in travel, but you we can also bring a Verify with Clear uh, to our partners and in their apps, you can just verify because you're always you. Yeah, no, it was absolutely brilliant. And then obviously into conferences, you were able to do that. When conferences were just starting to open up, you were able to be a partner for them too. So I, it was really, really brilliant. That's very kind of you to say. I think it was a moment where people recognized uh, identity is foundational, right? You started taking out your driver's license to get into a restaurant or to get into your office building. And so this concept of like your credit card is a payment vehicle, but it's really your identity, right? It's saying this is yours Mm -hmm. Um, or your healthcare insurance card or your building access card. There's so many pieces of, you know, or when you say you're a certified nurse in the state of New York, those are all part of your identity. And, and so I think COVID was this moment, both online and in person, where identity and the, the rudimentary nature of it became so prevalent. And I think that's changed how people think about the world in a post-COVID environment. I was reading an article from an interview that you did, and it sort of goes along with this question, this next question I have, which is how do you envision consumers using Clear in the future? And it was fascinating to me hearing you talk about the concept of wallets today and how maybe there's a way for your system to kind of tie into that as well. I'm like, it just was like, boom. But can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. I like a a nice wallet as much as your next person, uh, but I'm not sure why they exist, right? Because you're holding cards to prove who you are and what you have access to. And even a digital wallet is still holding them. Mm -hmm. Your face is your wallet. It is all of your credentials, right? I'm Karen and I'm an employee of Clear and have access to the 10th floor or I'm Karen and I'm covered by this insurance and I have a you know a credit card that can do the $20 copay, right? Depending on where you are and the information that's needed, if I opt in to share that, then that is a better, easier, safer uh, customer experience, partner experience, more economically efficient as well. So when you start to think about it, like your mind goes, well, all the time you're typing in the passwords and your credit card information and all these things, you're filling out forms at the doctor, filling out clipboards. Like our whole goal is to do away with clipboards. There's so much medical information and you're like writing it down, putting the pen back. It just doesn't make any sense in this day and age. And so, again, when you think about time and you multiply all these experiences out, like my next obsession is bags at airports. I mean, I have a lot of obsessions over on the healthcare side and the digital marketplace. You wait in line to drop your bag. You wait in line at the baggage carousel. Like, I don't know, I'll drop my bag at the curb and it should show up where I am. Yeah. Right? Like better, safer. That's like an hour of time. Yeah. You do that how many times a year? And so I think it'd be better for the airlines as well. So I really think that when you think about the convenience economy and friction-free experiences and you lead with the customer and think about all of these use cases, it's very powerful. So what roadblocks do you have in going like international uh, with Clear? I mean, is that that a... uh... I wish you were at so many airports that I've been at uh, traveling around the world. 
Well, you should check out our reserve lanes. We've started to launch internationally. They're non-biometric, but you can make a reservation in a bunch of the airports in Germany and Reykjavik um, and Amsterdam. So it's coming in Italy. And so you can make a reservation non-biometric. We do have other parts of Clear that uh, are international, not yet our biometric travel part, uh, but certainly are powered by Clear, our platform side. You'll see more international there. That's mobile, that's facial. Um, but biometrics in the airport, it's been longer and, and harder because now you're dealing with all these different government bodies. So I think we'll get there. But right now we're focused on bringing some other products uh, with partners internationally. But our reserve, I think we might have like about a dozen or so. It's the, doing great internationally. And, it, and growing, I, I would imagine. So, you know, um, p- the German population does not like to wait in line. They like predictable experiences. So we've had a lot of success there. When you look at, at, uh, your journey from from the beginning of growing clear. Everybody has a story. Every founder where maybe something didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out. You thought, oh, this is going to be great, or it didn't. It it didn't fly. Is there any story that comes to mind that you really uh, think of that I wouldn't say it was a failure necessarily, but it it was just you know not what you thought it was going to be, or something where where it was just tough. Maybe there was an airport that was, uh, you know, wasn't ready for clear yet or something like that. Um, well, there's still a few that we're not in. You know, it's interesting. Um, you have a vision. You think you try to create value for all stakeholders. And, uh, you know, it's it. our first era, Delta was transformational for us in 2016. We've announced partnerships with Delta, United, Alaska, Hawaii, um, so there's a few airlines who are not yet partners with us. And I think trying to um, and their customers are screaming for it. So figuring out, it, you know, it's not them. It's us. Right. We're obviously not delivering uh, the story or the or the value that they're necessarily looking for. Or maybe we haven't shared with them how much their customers want it. So uh, not all airlines are yet partners. And um and so I think we have opportunities there. While we're in 52 airports and a few more in the pipeline, we're not, I think we've said sort of 75-ish, 80 domestic airports are our opportunity set. So we're not in all of those yet. Sometimes it's just time, but sometimes, you know, not everyone buys into innovation. Um, or sometimes I think there's people, I remember we were talking to a sports team and they said, we have no wait times. And I said, do you ever go down before the game starts and and watch what's happening? Right. And the answer was no. Some uh, heads of airports, you know, they they don't they're not necessarily um, hearing or seeing what their customers are seeing. And Mm -hmm. so our job is to understand what they need and deliver the value that they're looking for or to better explain to them. Right. So it's a might be a failure on our part. I think you have to be very humbled when somebody isn't uh, buying what you're selling to understand why. Um, gosh, all I think about are failures. I mean, every day, when we started, I said in five years, if more than 50% of our revenues um, come from airports, we have failed. And still a disproportionate amount of our, our revenues come from airports. So I think the platform opportunity is in front of us. We didn't have, we didn't go to the cloud till 2016 and mobile till 2019. Um, so I think that's still really in front of us. Um you know, one of the things we say at Clear is to be a humble warrior. I'm humbled by all the things that we haven't done versus what we have done. 
Um, you know, I, I was the girl who got all A's and a B and my dad said, what'd you get the B in? So, right. I don't, I don't focus on the, on the success. I focus on all the things that we can do better. Who doesn't want to get better every day? And I think that these are really early days at clear. Yeah. We were early on biometrics. Uh, but when you look at the opportunity set, travel is surging and travel is hard and getting harder. A big, um, thing we are talking about here at clear right now is a million more, by 2030, there's going to be a million more people coming through airports every day. Do you know how many more pieces of luggage that is? Do you know how many more parking spots that is? Do you know how many more people that is through security, boarding planes? Like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And so I think the opportunity set in front of us is so much bigger than even where we are today. I think we've just barely scratched the surface. So I feel like a daily failure. Um, great news because I think we have so much that we haven't done and so much in front of us. Yeah, you sound like a... Uh not only a CEO, but also a founder, right? You're always trying to be better, but always looking at what are the lessons and learnings uh, from some of yeah, the Yeah, and a real days. type A gal. So it's a, it's a, it's a toxic cocktail. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I, you mentioned, uh, you know, what's coming for the future, but can you share any exciting upcoming initiatives that you have coming up? Well, I think what we've announced of late is actually incredibly exciting. And so we announced a partnership with LinkedIn where we are their verified identity backbone. Because when you think of LinkedIn, right, the most trusted network, the professional network with 200 million users domestically and almost 900 million around the world. You know, if if I'm connecting with you on LinkedIn, it's because I believe you are who you say you are and that you've done what you've said you've done. But that's about verified identity. And so LinkedIn is really focused on that and uh, really values our trusted brand and our network, right? This concept of networked identity. So we're very excited about bringing trust online. Trust online matters and democratizing that trust is massively important. So uh, very early days, they are very excited about that. Also very excited about the healthcare partnerships we've launched of late, whether it be uh, UHealth or Wellstar or Health Gorilla. So there was, uh, you know, this Cures Act that was started a few years ago and is really being enforced now about patients having access to and control of their healthcare information. And I think that that is so massively important and transformative for our healthcare system. And so that starts with identity, going back to identity is foundational. So we're really excited about what we can do for both patients and doctors and nurses, healthcare professionals uh, in the healthcare space. Think about telehealth. How do I know who you are? How do you know who I am? Uh, And so it's just so massively important, this concept of identity for safer and easier patient experiences. So those are the areas that we're really focused on from the platform side. And I would say the last thing that we're very excited about beyond continuing to grow uh, our biometric lanes and airports, uh, we've been working for almost three years to launch PreCheck to be an enrollment provider for TSA on PreCheck. And that's really leveraging our core capabilities. And we think that there's such an enormous opportunity there again to start to transform travel. And that PreCheck is a really exciting product. And even though it's about 12 years old, I want to say, um, there's so much opportunity there. So we're excited to launch that as well. No, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And so it saves you so much time. What do you think is the piece to get consumers, right? To know who you are. And I mean, how do you do that? Uh, you know, yeah. when people are coming into airports, I've had so many friends that 
maybe do not travel as much as I do that are like, what is the clear thing exactly? Or I'll be running through the line and somebody will be in the other line. They're like, how did you get through so fast? Like, how do you get people to know what you're doing? So I think a few things. Number one, technology and new technology. And for a lot of people still, biometrics and clear are new, right? We've launched a disproportionate number of our airports just in the past few years. So even though we were around for a while, we were only in 12 airports after six years. So the last 40 have really come over the the last six years and change. Um, So our ambassador sharing the story, explaining it, right? Explaining the technology, the privacy, the trust, the opportunities and the efficiencies are really important. Uh, Partners like American Express and our airline partners certainly share the story. But let's be honest, and we have over 90% retention. The best way to share your story is word of mouth. And people enroll their family members, people enroll people with guest passes, but it's about delighting people. And also, what have you done for me lately? Did we grow our network? Did we add products? Did our technology get better and faster? Can you use it at your local sports stadium? And so delighting your customers is the best way. Word of mouth in this day and age is certainly the most powerful form, I think, of advertising. And and we're a non-conventional marketing company. Uh, in fact, we have our first like sort of real CMO starting uh, in a few weeks. It's been through word of mouth, through innovation, through product, through network, through use cases. That's how we've focused on getting the word out there. That's awesome. How about on college campuses? Are you working on any of those stadiums? I know that that's always a tricky thing when you go to college games. So I went to the University of Michigan, big house, 110,000 strong. So if there's any place to start, it's there. Uh, we are not in college stadiums yet. I do think we did uh, we did a little bit there, but not really. And so I think that's an opportunity uh, for us for the future. Definitely. So you are I guess the rare breed of of founders, co-founders that has not only grown and scaled the company, but also taken a company public. So how different is that for you? Obviously, you had uh, worked on uh, Wall Street before, so you weren't uh, totally new to this world. But having your own company and, and running a company that's a public company, how different is that for you versus a private company? Uh, you know, a private company? Um, not materially different. I come from investing in the private and in, in the public sector. Uh, and so I knew the management teams that I adored and thought had created great value through uh, organic growth, inorganic growth, capital allocation, new products, platforms, systems, etc. cetera. Uh, so I've seen greatness and I've seen terrible. So you try to take from the best and avoid the worst. Uh, and, you know, we have a vision for the long term of what we want to do and how we want to do it. And we're, you know, we're trying to to live that every day, and we are focused on the long term, but the long term is made up of a bunch of near terms. So uh, I will say it was a really special day to go public at the New York Stock Exchange to have my family there, uh, to share that with our clear team members and our ambassadors. It was very special. It's a really special institution. And I, I think that you're building a company for the long term, whether it be in public or private, you're allocating capital whether it be through acquisitions or share repurchase or dividends. Like I'm, I'm living what I learned from the greatest. And again, avoid what the worst did. There were quite a few of those too. Uh, and so it's been, it's been a really fun two years. It, we're, we just passed our two year anniversary. It's been 
It's been an incredible two years. And there's an accountability as a fiduciary. And I felt that before. And I feel that now. And everybody here feels that. Yeah. And I think what I've heard from other CEOs is uh, that are running public companies and have come from the private sector. It's, you know, if you had a fiscally responsible uh, private company and, you know, then you shouldn't be worried about it. Right. Yeah, look, we have a great board, um, really strong corporate governance, but we were doing that as a private company, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like um, you do the right thing. There's definitely more costs involved in legal and audit, but um, I think it's it's a real honor. Um, there's only a few thousand of them in the U.S., and I think it gives you a lot of optionality when you're a public company. So, so it's been great. I love it. And uh, the last question, one lesson in leadership that you really live by? Um, You know, Shimon Peres has a very good saying. It's uh, optimists and pessimists die the same way, but they live very different lives. And um, he also talked about leaders, uh, public servants, but I'm just going to say leaders. Their job is to lift people up, not to crush them. And so really trying to lift people up to make them better, which makes us better and, and um, leading by example. So, you know, you uh, jump first, eat last that I, that whole concept I, I live by and you want to make people better. You want to lift them up. You want to inspire and motivate them. And then you want to lead by example and show them how to do it. You know, I, I, I look, I look at the world we live in. Public servants should lift people up, not crush people. And I think if everyone lived that, we'd be in a much better place today. I love that. Karen, thank you so much. Uh, Karen Seidman Becker, CEO of Clear. Such an honor and, and so inspiring, everything that you've talked with us about today and so educational as well. So thank you for coming on and thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.